This is the Employment Law Show. You betcha, 632, and uh, we're back at it. So good to have you along here on the show uh, tonight. John Scholes hosting and the brains of the operation, Lior Sanfiru, is back for another kick at the can. And we got a half hour to enrich your life with the knowledge of workplace rights. How about that? Uh, we're going to get right to it. we got a ton of email to get through. In fact, we're going to concentrate mainly on email over the next half hour. That is our uh, main objective is to talk to you and answer your problems or at least get you started down the road of uh, some conclusion when it comes to your questions having to do with the workplace. And it all starts with that phone call. Beyond the show, always reach out to Leo or encouraged uh, to do so. Help at employmentlawyer.ca for email. That's the one we're going to be using tonight. And the phone number, one 821 5900 And that also handy website, which was built and created by Lior a couple of years ago called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That alone will answer many of your questions uh, throughout your work life for sure, but you'll have access to the severance calculator, which is baked into that sucker. Take that out for a spin tonight. Discover what severance really should be on the bright side. So again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Okay, pal, case of the day. What do you got cooking over there? Hey, John. Uh, good to be here. And I, I don't really know what's going on this month so far. It's been very different. I've been seeing a lot of companies letting go, not just a few people, but lots of people all at once. Uh, so I've been getting a lot of calls at the office, a lot of emails from people that have lost their jobs. Uh, and of course, this time of year, it's going to be very tough to find another job. So yeah. they're calling me very concerned about what does it mean, what they're owed. Here's the interesting thing, by the way, that if you are let go kind of in December on the holidays, that means increased severance. That means you're owed more severance than normal because it's going to take you longer to find another job. Uh, it's not too many people are hiring right now. So because of that, you know, I've been saying that to a lot of people. So if you're in one of those situations, you've been you lost your job, or you think the uh, the axe is about to fall, well. Why uh, Why deal with it on your own? Call us right now on the show. Ask the question. I'll tell you what you need to know about your rights and how to resolve them. And uh, we'll put you on the path towards a resolution. Of course, you can contact me in the office as well, uh, like so many people are doing every day. We'll give you that contact information. So don't hesitate. Let's uh, Let's do that for sure. And of course, if your matter doesn't involve termination, maybe it's a constructive dismissal. Maybe it's a harassment issue. Maybe it's a bad boss. You name it, on the show, you can ask us what to do, and I'll tell you what to do. I'm not going to lecture you on the law. I'll just tell you what to do. Uh, But to get us started, of course, let me tell you about what I've seen come across my desk. Now, John, I've had about three so far this week, three situations that are all the same with respect to relocation. I've been contacted by several individuals where their employer uh, has announced that after the holidays, they're going to be relocating to a new uh, place of employment and that the employees are expected to move to that location. And that employer made it very, very clear mm-hmm. that the employees only have two options. They can either relocate or they can resign. There's no other option. Uh, and one of these individuals that, act, that called me actually asked his employer, well, what about severance? Would I get any severance? His employer says, what are you talking about? You're not going to get any severance if you choose to resign. Well, of course, this didn't all seem very right to these individuals, and they called, and they asked me the very simple question is, well, do I have to relocate, and what happens if I don't? So here's the answer here, and you've heard me talk about this before on the show, but it's very applicable now, and and that is, if you're relocating, if the, the relocation is such that it's going to take you more than an extra hour to get to work than it does now. So if you, before you used to take 30 minutes, now it's going to be an hour and a half or more, an extra hour to get to or from work. 
that is the type of a relocation that you don't have to accept. What I mean by that is if it's such a relocation, you can choose to consider that as a termination. We call this constructive dismissal, and then your employer has to pay you your severance. Now, if it's a type of relocation, it's only going to add maybe 20 minutes to your commute. It doesn't get to that level, and if you choose not to do it, that may well be a resignation. But if it's a significant one, an hour or more, constructive dismissal, and whether your company wants to or not, they're going to have to pay your full severance. Of course, that could be as much as 24 months pay. Now, before you do anything, though, if you're in that situation, you're about to be relocated, before you tell your employer, I'm doing it, or I'm not doing it, or I want severance, or I don't want severance, before you do any of that, call me because we have to do this right. We don't want to do anything or say anything that may compromise our rights. Call me. But remember, you have that right potentially to say that's a termination of employment, John. First crack of the night is going to be uh, Dale. Hey, Dale, thanks for standing by for a moment. How are you? Hey, how are you guys? Good, sir. What's on your mind? What's the question? So here's the question for the night. Um, <laughs> being, with the, being with the employer for a long time, the company's changed hands a couple years ago. New owner has some different ideas, um, and so recently um, I was off work for a period of time because I had a uh, I had an injury. Didn't happen at work. While I was off, I was presented with an employment contract for me to sign, which had a bunch of troublesome stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, related to the way I was paid. Um, in terms of being paid for travel, being paid commission, um, et cetera, a, b- a bunch of changes that none of which were in my benefit. Never are. <clears throat> Did you sign it? No, right? <laughs> so ultimately my question is we had a meeting today to talk it out. Um, and ultimately was basically told that, no, nope, that's just the way it's going to be after wasting a couple hours in the meeting. My question is, how long can I wait before I say I was constructively dismissed? I've already registered and said I'm not signing anything. I'm not agreeing to this. Mm-hmm. But is there a time limit in, how, in terms of how long before? Great question. I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, just yeah. determined to have accepted it because I didn't say anything. Awesome. So, Dale, you did not sign that new employment agreement that they presented you? No, hell no. I've been listening to you guys for years. Good man. <laughs> Excellent. So here's my question to you, Dale. So you tell your employer, too bad employer, I'm not signing. What is your employer then going to do? Did they tell you, are they going to let you go? Are they going to back off? Are they going to implement the changes anyway? What are they going to do? They're going to implement the changes anyway. Okay. So once those changes are implemented, uh, and again, I don't know all the details, but generally speaking, once the changes are implemented, you're going to have a small window, probably a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, or somewhere in that range to uh, to say constructive dismissal. So you can wait a couple of weeks to a few weeks once the changes are implemented, but anything longer than that, you're going to be considered to have accepted those changes. So once you know that the changes are in place and you know what those changes are, you and I should speak off air. want to understand exactly what they're changing, how that affects you. Uh, and on that basis, we can decide if it's a constructive dismissal and how to pursue it. Keep in mind, of course, that if you continue working, not only are you going to be considered to have accepted these changes, you're going to give your employer the right to implement further changes down the road because you let this happen now. 
So it's not a good thing to do. So once those changes are in, once you know they're implemented, you and I should speak right away. So so just to clarify, so that they, the nature of my injury being off work, it didn't happen at work, but I had a head injury. Um, Right. So they had sent us documents where you're saying this is what's, you know, we'd like you to sign this. And I said, I'm, you know, I'm off work with a head injury. I'm not signing anything right now because that's ridiculous. Um, I've since returned to work for probably the last three, four weeks. I've continued to submit my stuff to the company based on the previous agreement. I've made, I sent an email saying, I don't agree with any of this. We need to talk about it. But as of today, we had the meeting saying that, well, that's too bad. That's what we're going to go ahead with. So is that, is that few weeks window starting today? Yeah, it's starting today. It's starting today. Okay. But again, it's a very small window. So I, I wouldn't wait any longer than you have to. If you can reach out to me in the office this week, that would be better. Certainly, uh, time is not going to be on your side here, okay? Okay. That's what I need to know. Awesome. Thanks, Dale. Appreciate you uh, reaching out and uh, well done for listening. See, you get a little educated and the guy didn't uh, pull the trigger and say, okay, I'll sign it in a moment of weakness, even though he was off work. So uh, Dale, nicely done. Again, Dale, you probably know this already, but uh, reaching out, one 821 5900 Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. One short little tiny break is coming up right now that we're going to dive back into the email. We continue with more of the Employment Law Show. As uh, we mentioned earlier, we're going to concentrate a lot of email on the show for the remaining time tonight. Richard's number one says, guys love the show. Now, how come an employer can let me go with no notice, especially when I did nothing wrong? You know, it's an interesting question to ask me how come, uh, because the only thing I can really tell you is because that's the law. Uh, An employer legally is allowed to let someone go at any time and pretty much for any reason, as long as severance is paid. Why the law is the way that it is, I I can't say. It's been the law uh, in Canada since since we've had a country. Mm -hmm. So the reality is that a court cannot make an employer not let someone go. The law can simply compensate the employee. So because of that, an employer doesn't have to have a good reason to let someone go. They don't have, and again, we're talking about non-union employees. The employer doesn't have to follow seniority. They can let go someone more senior as opposed to someone more junior. Uh, They don't have to give an answer. And if they give an answer, believe it or not, that answer doesn't have to be a truthful answer. Ultimately, what an employer has to do is to provide full severance. Now, the reality is that most employers, almost all employers, frankly, don't provide full severance, don't provide proper severance, which results in their employees being wrongfully dismissed. So if you've been let go, chances are you've been wrongfully dismissed, not because the reason was wrong or bad, because you're owed more severance than what you've been paid or what you've been offered. Now, of course, there's exceptions to this idea that you can just be let go for any reason, and that is you cannot be let go for a discriminatory reason. You can't be let go because of your age or your ethnicity or your disability, etc. That would be illegal. There's other situations you can't be let go because you're standing up for your rights, but for the most part, an employer can let you go as long as severance is paid. But if you're let go, doesn't matter what the reason is, doesn't matter if you've been there for a year or 50 years, you need to call me right away because chances are whatever you've been offered is not even close to being enough. Phone call still, 416-870-6400 to call the station, get on air with us. Andrew's up next. His guys have been on a layoff for about four months, 
But the company still operating. I'm told that they don't know when I'll be called back to work. How long do I got to wait? Well, you don't have to wait at all. That's the thing. If you've been put on a temporary layoff, you don't have to accept that. You can choose to consider that to be a termination. I often get asked this exact question that, that this email just asks is, well, when, when do they have to call me back? How long can they keep me off on a layoff? Well, they can't at all put you on a layoff, even a temporary layoff. If they do, the power is in your hands. It's in the employee's hands to decide, is this something I'm okay with? Or am I going to consider that to be a termination of my employment? And now severance has to be paid. Just like an employer can't reduce your pay by 20%, 30%, 50%. Well, a temporary layoff is a 100% reduction in pay, not legal. You can accept it and, and sit at home and hope they call you back. That is your right. I don't recommend that. But the other option is to treat that as a termination of employment, get your severance and move on. So if you're put on a temporary layoff, unless there's a history of doing that that you've accepted in the past, you can treat that as a termination, get your severance. So I want you to call me. And uh, just a reminder uh, to call Lior when the show's not happening, one 821 5900 Daniela is up next. Says, can Lior explain this for me, why there's such a big difference between what the severance calculator says and what our good friends at the Ministry of Labor say? Yes, uh, I, I get that asked often. So if you're going to so let, 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 let's use an example. Let's say you're a, a, I don't know, a three-year employee. You've been with the company for three years. Uh, you go to the severance calculator. By the way, you can find that at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You do the calculation, and it may tell you that you're owed six-month severance. You call the Ministry of Labor and, and ask them the question. They'll tell you three weeks. So wait a second. Is it three weeks or is it six months, and why the big difference? Well, here's the answer. It's the six months. The reason for that is the Ministry of Labor can only advise you with respect to a small portion of your entitlements. They can only advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. The majority of your entitlements is something that the Ministry of Labor, the government, cannot advise you on. They don't look at that because they're only concentrated about those minimum entitlements. So when you get the information that you're owed three weeks on the Ministry of Labor, that is completely wrong. Your full entitlements can be 10 times that or more. That's why we even started this show yeah. all these years ago. Yeah. People are getting all this wrong information. They were let go, and let's say after three years, they were offered four weeks pay. They called the ministry, which told them it should be three weeks. So they thought, hey, I was offered four weeks. I guess that's pretty good, when in fact they were owed six months. So, no, you cannot call the government, the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board if you lose your job. You can call them if you're having an overtime issue, a vacation pay issue, but not if you lose your job. For that, you got to speak with an employment lawyer. And I've said this before. I'll say it again now. If you don't like me, that's okay. Speak to another employment lawyer. But you have to do that if you lose your job in order to get the full amount that the law says you should be getting. Julie, thank you for being patient. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Great. What's your question? Um, I just have a question. I'm calling from an HR perspective. I'm not too sure if I'm allowed to <laughs> to ask questions. You are now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to make sure I'm doing my job right. So I'm just curious, am I allowed to implement a progressive discipline um, process if we don't have a progressive discipline policy put in place? Absolutely. In fact, the law says you should have that type of a process. That's the best way to discipline someone. So you create that policy, you recreate that process, 
And, and as long as it's, you know, reasonable and it's not, you know, over the top such that if you do something wrong, you're automatically suspended for a month, you know what I mean? Then, yeah, then, yeah. then absolutely, it's something you should do. I highly, highly recommend it. Also happy to talk to you about how to put that together if you want uh, and, and how, to, uh, how to introduce that. But it is a very good idea not just to have a policy like that, but to actually act on that policy. So a policy does you no good if it sits in a drawer, but it's not followed. But if you have a policy and then you follow what the policy says when there's cause to discipline an employee, that is an, a very good way to go about doing things, and I highly recommend it. Because I've, I've implemented them before for larger companies, but now I'm in a company of like six people. So it's very, yeah. everyone works very closely with each other, but you know, we have issues. And so I'm a very big fan of progressive discipline, but I don't know if we start implementing a progressive discipline before we have the policy, if it's still active, if that makes sense. Uh, you absolutely can. So if let's say something, okay. someone does something wrong tomorrow, you can yeah. say, okay, because it's the, the first time we did something, we'll give you a, a warning. Absolutely. Like a but verbal it's still a, and yeah. A verbal. By the way, I'm not a huge fan of a verbal uh, only because you want to be a situation where there's a record that something was, was that. So as long as there's a record of, of that discipline, that's fine. But I also yeah. think it's a good idea to, to create that policy, have that written document circulated amongst people so that they're aware of it. But you can start engaging in progressive discipline tomorrow if you want to. Uh, in fact, I think that's a very good idea to do it. Okay, awesome. I just wanted to make sure that I was able to do it before one's actually like a concrete yeah. plan is made. But yes, you can. Awesome. You Thank can you very much. Yes, no problem. Awesome. You bet, Jilly, no problem. And again, if you want to talk about uh, getting that put together, just reach out to Lior. He told you you can do uh, do that as well, one 821 5,900. Going down the email list, who do we got? Uh, Steve is up next. His guys usually work around eh, 50 hours of overtime a month, for which I get paid. Now we're not as busy, so there is no overtime. Anything I can do about that? So if the reason you're not getting the overtime is because there's just not enough work, then not much that you can do about that because the whole idea of overtime is, you know, we're busy, we're going to have you work those extra hours, and that's it. So if it's just a, just only a function of how busy the company is, not much that you can do. On the other hand, if the reason you're not getting overtime is, let's say, the company made a decision to hire other people uh, and now there's just not enough overtime to go around, well, that's something that the company did. And the effect of that is that you get paid less. That could be a constructive dismissal, not something that the company can, can do because they're essentially taking money away from you. So if the company is responsible for you not having... Uh, your regular overtime could be constructive dismissal. If it's simply a function of how busy or not busy the company is, nothing that can be done in that situation. So hopefully that distinction is clear. Interesting question from Leanne here through uh, through email. Laura says, uh, my boss announced the company I work for is likely to shut down in the next year. Can they avoid paying me severance if the company does shut down? So no. Uh, the only time they would avoid, I guess, is a situation where they're formally in bankruptcy. Uh, that legal process was commenced against them that they're formally in bankruptcy, which means that their liabilities, their secured liabilities, uh, exceed their assets. The fact that they've shut down does not change their severance obligations. 
or you know they may simply decide to retire or not to continue operating they still have to pay those severance obligations and remember a company has various assets they have materials or equipment and maybe property that they own there's accounts receivables so they have to use that money to pay full severance to their employees that one thing i will say is if you're working for a company that's shut down or is shutting down don't wait okay don't wait well i'll, I'll think about it a year later by then whatever money the company had may be gone likely will be gone so you want to act on that very quickly act on that as soon as possible but no shutting down does not mean the employees get deprived of severance not at all so if it is a bankruptcy situation and uh, i guess most employees would be at the bottom end of receiving any pennies left over meaning you're not probably going to get anything if it's a bankruptcy yeah yeah unfortunately the way our bankruptcies uh a bankruptcies law work is that with respect to severance, employees are unsecured creditors. Means the secured creditors, usually the banks, get paid first. And by the time they get paid, usually there's nothing left for the employees, at least with respect to severance. So it's bad news when it comes to bankruptcy. But again, shutting down is not the same as bankruptcy. It's very, very different. So unless the company is actually formally in bankruptcy, they still have to pay their full severance. Let's get Brian here under the wire before we uh, walk out of here. says, I worked for a company for five years and then quit. A year later, they convinced me to come back. They just let me go again, or they let me go. How much severance am I owed? So in most cases, if you're uh, working for a company and then come back, your full years of service count. In other words, the time it's the, the combined time of both uh, tenures will be added up in order to determine your seniority. And remember, the more seniority you have, the more severance you get. Now, if when you come back, the company treats you like a new employee, they put you on probation, or they make it clear that they don't recognize past service, then it's possible that the previous service won't count. That's rare. In most cases, when you work for a company, leave and come back, they almost acknowledge the fact that you're not a good, a new employee, uh, that you had prior seniority, meaning if they let you go, they have to account for all your years, which of course means more severance. And with that, we are out of time. You want to join us again tomorrow, feel free to do so. Make your phone calls and send your emails along. In the meantime, that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Phone number to reach Lior, 1-855-821-5900. And that website, it's a beauty called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And as I just mentioned, we're back here 630 tomorrow night with our next edition of the Employment Law Show. Enjoy the rest of your evening.